0: Hello and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is Jonathan Barnbrook.
1: My name is Jonathan Barnbrook. I run the design company Barnbrook and the font company Virus Fonts.
0: Founding his self-titled design studio in 1990 and font company Virus Fonts in 1997, Jonathan's multifaceted practice has granted him glimpses into several other design fields.
1: In my company, as well as being one of the main graphic designers, I obviously decide what work we do, the philosophy of the studio, encourage the people there, make cups of tea like everybody else, look after the studio cat, make sure everybody's happy, uh, make sure everybody's creatively fulfilled generally uh, make sure everything's running well.
0: His work, often politically charged and purpose-driven, has attracted him to like-minded collaborators, including the anti-corporate collective Adbusters and the Occupy movement.
1: We work on lots of, lots of different projects, mostly in the cultural area, and every day is uh, generally a surprise. But uh, the thing that's at the root of it is to do something which is good for your clients something which evolves your own creative work and personally which something which reflects the spirit of the age that you're you're in and your soul at that that moment i think
0: growing up music proved to be an integral and influential role in jonathan's career journey
1: music was really like many people was the center of my life from the age of 12. it was a way of rebelling against the world as i saw it and i think I was always interested in record cover design, but the thing that really interested me in graphics was band logos. How a band logo could perfectly summarise the psychology of the music. If letterforms were more square or they were, not that I listened to heavy metal, but if they were gothic, they really symbolize the power or the energy of the music. I thought, how do letterforms do this? How does the logo do this? So I would copy them endlessly my art teacher, he looked at my school books and I'd copied about 15 different band names, the new wave bands. He said, you know, you're a graphic designer because we were talking about what I should do. I said, well, what's that? He said, well, look at these, these are band logos. You're interested in the lettering, obviously. And from that moment, I knew what graphic design was. So it was that understanding of, first that you didn't have to work in a factory, that you could do a job that you enjoyed, and secondly, you could put all those worlds of understanding of psychology of music into visual form. So that was the first moment, really. I started studying graphic design at 16, and that continued to the age of 23. I didn't do a basic foundation or painting, it was all graphic design. The way in which my education was useful, I think, Each stage was different. The first two years were a higher diploma in my hometown, and actually I got a very good basic understanding of things like drawing and proportion. They still taught life drawing every week there. I mean, I remember the first day we learned how to sharpen a pencil properly. That was quite exciting. And we had colour studies. So it was a very methodical, traditional education, a very good one. I spent a year at Croydon College after that on a higher diploma, which I didn't really fit in. Uh, I think I was not quite as vocational. And so I left and applied to St. Martin's. And that was very much about, as some people say irritatingly, so about the individual. You know, you've defined your own way. What that kind of thing does is it puts responsibility back on the student. So it taught me to be self-reliant and to believe in what I do. That was up until the age of 21. And then from 21 to 23, I studied an MA at the Royal College. And that, really helped me pursue my very specific interest in typography, really pushing it. And I learned a lot about typeface design and it was 1989, so we're talking, the Mac had just come over to the UK, so I was one of the first people who got hold of one at the Royal College. and uh, So it was a very exciting area for new technology. I think the Royal College, well, the main thing it did there was give me confidence (laughs) to think that my work was okay. You know, just because partly being older But just being in an environment where people wanted to do really good work and you had to push yourself. My first job was working as a waiter in a Malaysian restaurant in Croydon and I got sacked for dropping a lobster dish down a woman's white dress by mistake. It landed on her lap. It's quite nice. I mean (laughs) I really enjoyed my time there and then I realized that maybe being a waiter wasn't for me. I was studying graphic design and then I sort of did a few jobs, but I suppose the first major client that came along was Edward Booth-Cliburn, publisher. So I worked on an illustration book with him and he eventually commissioned me to do the Damon Hurst book. I mean, I was obsessed with book design, actually, the the physical nature. And it's interesting to see how in the digital world people have really started to understand that that's why people buy books. Because of the physical presence, for the texture of stock, for the binding. And I think, I mean, one of the earliest projects I did was um, a font called Prototype, which I started at the Royal College, which was about mixing hybrid forms, which was a reasonably new idea then. And it made me understand how typography can be something which is, takes from contemporary philosophy, but feeds into letter forms. For instance, there was sampling going on in music at the same time, so there were sampled letter forms, and there was this the philosophy of post-modernism had just come in, of destroying uh, the medium of modernism through decoration. And these all influenced the fonts, and it really set me on a, a path of understanding that to be a good designer, you have to bring everything into it. You can't just look at other design. You have to understand philosophy. You have to understand architecture. You have to read. You have to appreciate music. Uh, you have to be interested in politics. That all feeds into design. So that was the first project, uh, I believe, where I did that. When I started out, I found clients very simply by looking at work that I wanted to do and contacting the people I was inspired by. That doesn't mean to say necessarily that they were in my area. I wrote to musicians, publishers, people I really wanted to work for. And I think the, the worst thing you can do is self censor, think, oh, that person won't contact me or they won't be interested. You should really just go for it. If you're thinking of getting a job, it is a slightly different matter. But again, the, the thing about really pinpointing who you contact is very, very important. If you send out a letter that says, Dear Sir or Madam, I'm good at Photoshop and Illustrator, and I like snowboarding, and here's my portfolio, it doesn't mean anything to anybody. You know, people are um, very busy. They have a life to lead. Why should they spend their time contacting someone who hasn't given them any reason to contact them? Much better to talk about uh, why you like their work, To get their name to address them personally and to just show genuine passion and interest in the area that they're in you'll find it as a much more successful approach the the biggest lesson i learned when i was getting work is that the first job is the hardest not hardest in terms of completing but the first job is the hardest to get and then if people enjoy working with you they will come back and most of our business is repeat business people enjoy working with you once they see the formula works they'll come back and that's why it's so important that being a good designer, 50% is your portfolio and 50% is the kind of personality you have and how you get on with people.
0: As something of an icon in the field of graphic design, Jonathan is renowned among many other things for his long-standing collaboration with the late David Bowie. With,
1: with Bowie, he'd seen a book done with Damien Hurst, and it was to work on a book with his wife, Iman. And so that was the first project and for me, Iman is obviously a, a supermodel. Obviously, it's not actually my area, but I wanted to do the project as well as I could, and I I saw it as a long-term way of maybe working with Bowie. That's not to belittle the book. It was a really great experience, put my heart into it. The point was that he was someone I admired in terms of culture, and uh, this was a way of starting an ongoing collaboration and hopefully getting that repeat work that I was talking about earlier. And the, the collaboration did continue. I hope he understood that we were of like mind. I think certainly when we chatted, there was an interest in bringing the quite extreme avant-garde into the mainstream which we both shared because we wanted to communicate to people and wanted people to understand that complexity of life so there was a kind of conversation going on all the time not just when we were doing albums but about popular culture and about things we were interested in and they fed into the albums really the design of the albums and the other stuff I think also that he He worked with people he trusted, and I i hope I was one of the people he trusted, you know. That thing of repeat business is too a corporate worth for it, but that repeat of the experience of it creating something else was, uh, I hope, a positive thing for him. Skills that are essential to my job, to want to do the best work possible for people, to like everybody I mean, and to believe in what the people are creating or making, and to have a good time as well. they work with me so that i mean they're quite simple things but uh i think a lot of designers forget that the human side of being a designer and it as you get on in your design career and as you run more of a company then the design becomes less than the dealing with the human beings becomes much more so it's quite critical actually that you you do know those and they they can't really be taught at college that's the thing you you have to learn them through experience or you just have to be born a nice person (laughs) There are so many challenges. The the first one, of course, is to... I suppose, as you get older, you your priorities change in life from not just your work, but to your family, those kind of things. But to keep focus on doing good work and to be excited by doing good work, that's obviously been a challenge because I don't want to be cynical ever about design. Because I think, you know, there are a lot of people who think it's a pure commodity, and there are a lot of designers who think it's a pure commodity. Of course, of course, there is the financial side. You get paid for work. But I do want to believe, firstly, in the good of human beings. Secondly, in the possibility of good design to do positive things, whether it's an exhibition where you change people's lives for a little in some way, or whether it's a placard, at a demonstration where you've added your voice. They're all positive ways of using design. The advice I'd give to someone who's looking to do something similar to what I do, being a graphic designer, first, make sure you want to do it. I find a few people study graphic design because they're frightened that they won't make any money as an artist. And really, firstly, it's just as difficult to make money, (laughs) even though it, it may seem more like a job. And second, later on in life, you'll be saying, why didn't I become an artist and feeling frustrated. So just go for what you want to do is the first thing. Second, with graphic design, you have to live it if you want to do it if you're sure about it It has to be 24 hours a day you can't just go home and do something else everything is up for interpretation graphic design everything you consume books films everything feeds into the work whether you walk into a room and you understand why the room has been decorated why the chairs exist in that room at that that particular moment in time, these are all things to do with being a designer and graphic design. So your mind has to focus on being a graphic designer. It's not separate from you. Now, I mean, I've, I've talked a lot about various bits of advice. The one thing that I would say is that when I left college, I just didn't think too much. And ignorance, especially ignorance of youth, let's say, or just general ignorance can be a good thing in your career. Just don't worry about it, because something will happen. You can't control the way people think about you. You can't control how a job will come to you. All you can be is passionate and do your thing, and not think, say, five years ahead, what financial situation, just think next week, what's going to be happening. And that actually can be very much enough.
0: This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Marianne Hanoon, and the guest was Jonathan Barnbrook. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand patrons. They include us two, GF Smith, Squarespace, and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out LecternProgress.com.